God gave me this word yesterday, and I'm going to give you the title, Whatever You Want, You Got It. Whatever you want, you got it. The Holy Spirit whispered that to me yesterday, and I'm, I'm going to preach this here today. Tonight I got a message that is really going to get us set up for the outpouring that's getting ready to occur. Uh, all those great services that are happening. And I don't want you to miss tonight. I'm going to talk about faith, and I'm going to talk about what we're believing for. But if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 15, verse 21, reads like this. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Verse 22, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Come on, lift your hands one more time. Right where you're at. Lift them up, lift them up. I pray for a supernatural deposit today into your spirit. I pray the Holy Spirit deposits a supernatural word in your spirit man or spirit woman. I pray for you today for a supernatural deposit in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. All right. I want to just go through this briefly. What a powerful passage of scripture. This woman, the Bible said, had great faith. Now, Jesus never talked like that about his disciples. This woman had great faith. And I love this. It is amazing when you have great faith. Mm. Let me say it like this. It is impossible to please God without faith. God doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. God doesn't respond to need. If he responded to need, every hospital would be completely empty. But he responds to faith. And I am praying... Tonight, I'm going to talk about how faith comes. There's five ways faith comes, and I want to talk about that tonight. But I want you to understand she had great faith. But as we see in verse 22, she started off with a great problem. Tell your neighbor, great problem. Tell your other neighbor, a great problem. See, if you're here today and you got a great problem, I got some good news for you. You qualify for a miracle. Let me say it again. If you got a problem here today, you are in the miracle zone. If you got an issue, a situation today, you are in miracle territory. Now, I don't know about you, but we are a church that believes in miracles. I can't even believe you have to say that anymore, 
but you do because most churches a lot of churches don't believe in miracles we still believe that God is a miracle working God hallelujah come on give him a big shout we believe he's the same yesterday today and forever the Bible is full of miracles we believe the Bible is 100% true we believe it is truth can I get a loud amen our life is not governed I, I heard this and it was so powerful the great Smith Wigglesworth Lester Sumrall asked him one time how do you feel he says I do not go by my feelings he said, Smith Wigglesworth doesn't ask Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. Smith Wigglesworth asked, tells Smith Wigglesworth what the Bible says and how he should feel. That went over your head. Let me talk to some feeling-oriented people. Come on, somebody. Stop being controlled and led by your feelings. Start telling yourself what the Bible says and how you should feel. Come on, somebody. We got enough Christians being led astray by their feelings, not the devil. Come on, somebody. You feel a certain type of way. Tell yourself what the word says and tell yourself how you should feel. That's why we don't have enough people in the word because they can't, they can't control their own emotions. We have a world, we have a church a bunch of Christians that are led by their emotions, not the word. And that's why we don't do the things the church should do. Because it's all about us. It's all about I. It's all about self. It's all about how I feel. It's all about am I getting what I want. It's all about me and mine and no one else. That's not the church. That's not being a follower of Jesus. If it's all about you, you've missed it. Come on, somebody. If, if, if your experience at church is all about you, then, then you're not catching it. It can't be all about you. We're worshiping not ourselves. We're worshiping the King of glory. We're worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can I get a loud amen? This woman had a great problem. Great problems are opportunities for God to do a great miracle. Great problems are an opportunity for God to do a miracle. And I'm telling you, he's a miracle-working God. We've seen him heal the sick here. We've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open, and the lame walk. We've seen people that go from darkness to light, destruction to glory. We've seen God deliver people from drugs and alcohol. He is a miracle-working God. Can I get a loud amen? So she had a daughter that was severely demon-possessed. And she comes and hears about this man named Jesus. And she says, I need to get to Jesus. Now that took some courage. Come on, somebody. That took some courage. This woman had great courage. I wish there were men that had this kind of courage. I wish that... We had people in the churches all over America that had this kind of courage. I, I was with someone this week, and they thanked us 
for being bold about the position we took celebrating Roe v. Wade being overturned. We're not just celebrating, we wanna be a solution. We're starting a woman's center in the fall where we can do private adoptions, we will do ultrasounds, we'll be able to make a difference in lives. I believe that thousands, let me me prophesy, I'm believing thousands of babies over time are gonna be saved for the glory of God. We believe in life because the Bible believes in life. We believe in what the Bible says. I've had so many people compliment our stand of faith. We need to have courage. We need to be bold. Now, not everybody likes when you're bold. Come on, somebody. Let me preach this. Everybody wants likes on their Facebook page. Come on, somebody. Everybody wants likes on their IG page. They want the hearts. Come on, somebody. Man, if you cared so much, let me preach it like this. Some people care more about hearts on their IG page than the Word of God. Some people spend more time on their IG and Facebook page than they do in the Bible. That's a problem. That's a problem. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to encourage you. Your IG page can't pray you out of a situation. Your Facebook page can't fast for you when you're in the middle of a storm. You got to get in the word. Come on. The word is alive. The word is active. Tap your neighbor. Say, get off the IG. Put the phone down for a minute. Come on, somebody. I'm not telling you not to do it. What I'm telling you is if it consumes your life more than the word, there's a problem. We live in a biblical, illiterate society people don't know the bible they do not know the bible and this is concerning because how can we be how can we guide anyone how can we lead people how can we lead ourselves if we don't have the word living in us people know more about netflix than they do the bible people know more about hulu than they know about the bible that, that's a problem. We, we, we need more of the word in us. Can I get an amen? I, I've quoted this before. William Booth said this. I, I think it's going to be up there. I love this quote. The chief danger of the 20th century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, Salvation without regeneration, heaven without hell. This is William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. I want you to understand something. This is happening right now. There's churches that won't preach hell. There's churches that won't preach regeneration. They won't preach repentance. They won't, God forbid, they even talk about the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. We need such an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Come on. This is what we need. Now, Matthew 15, 23, verse 24 says this. 
I want you to see this. It says, but he answered her, not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So this woman saying, Jesus, I need a miracle. Jesus, I need you to do something supernatural. And he doesn't even answer. Let me say it again. Not a word. Not a word. Not a word. I I want you to get this. Not a word. Most of us would have quit at that point. Most of us would have tucked tailed and run at that point. Forget this. God, you didn't speak to me, God. Nothing. Not a word, God. I'm going to go home. I'm done with church. I'm done with that church. I'm done with that pastor. I'm done. Not a word. See, we don't have people anymore that have spiritual resiliency. We don't have anyone that has a backbone anymore because we've catered so much to people's emotions and feelings instead of speaking the word into their lives. See, we've done a bad job as pastors. I'm putting myself in there as well. I'm talking about pastors as a whole, but we've done a bad job because we just cater to your emotions. You come in with some crazy idea that no one loves you, no one cares about you. Blah, 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 blah. This pastor hates me, blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, you're crying. Snot's coming out of your nose. Mucus is coming out of your nose. Come on, somebody. We hand you a tissue like a good pastor and say, we understand. No, that's not what we should do. We need to speak the word of truth into their life. Hey, just because you didn't get what you wanted doesn't mean you quit. See, but we grew up, I didn't grow up in this age, but nowadays kids, they get participation trophies. I don't even know what that is. If we didn't, my, when I played Little League, if you weren't first, you didn't, you didn't get a trophy for second. Come on, somebody. I think you got some ribbon. Come on, somebody. But, but everybody gets a trophy because everybody is a winner. Everybody, everybody, everybody. We want to hear your feelings. We want to hear this. Man, that's not the word. Sometimes you have to have some spiritual resiliency. Just because something doesn't go your way doesn't mean you quit. Well, Pastor Shalom never plays that song I like. I know he's doing it on purpose. Come on, somebody. Oh, you got to be kidding me. You got you got to grow up. You got to mature. You got to mature in the things of the Lord. Oh, Pastor Rob doesn't say hi to me. He looks mad all the time. Everybody says Pastor Rob looks mad. I never think Pastor Rob looks mad. But maybe, maybe I don't know what mad looks like. Come on, somebody. Pastor Rob didn't say hi to me. Well, maybe he's busy. Come on. And, and you're going to quit because you didn't get a high? Well, let me give, give, me give you a high for the whole year. High. Come on. Come on. You're not always going to have it your way. It's not always, always going to break in your favor. This woman could have ran. 
This woman could have said, you know what? She faced a great trial here. She came to Jesus. She's believing for a breakthrough. She's believing for a miracle. She's believing for something supernatural. Not a word. Not a word. And she could have just said, forget this. Man, forget this. I'm not a Jew anyways. They don't even like me. What am I even doing here? But she didn't have that attitude. See, she went through a great trial. The disciples were giving her a hard time. Jesus didn't say a word. The disciples want her gone. And this is her attitude. She said, well, then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. Jesus, not a word to her. The disciples are trying to kick her out. And she says, let me have a good attitude. Let me have a great attitude. My great attitude is this. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to worship the King of Kings. I'm going to worship the Lord of Lords. I'm going to worship Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to worship Jehovah Rapha. I'm going to worship my God. See... She had the right attitude, which was, all right, not a word. Everybody wants me gone. Let me get into my power position. I'm going to worship Jesus. I'm going to worship him in the morning. I'm going to worship him in the afternoon. I'm going to worship him in the evening. I'm going to worship the king of glory. I'm going to worship, worship, worship. We got too many people complaining, not worshiping. We got too many people quitting, not worshiping. We got too many people running, not worshiping. I feel like preaching to someone today. I feel like preaching you straight today. Come on, somebody. I feel like preaching you right back onto the road you were destined to be on from the foundations of time. I feel like preaching truth into you that it convicts you so bad that you get mad at me, but it leads you right into the arms of Jesus. I'm going to preach so hard to you that you're going to go home and turn on worship music. Say, God, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. You got to get the attitude right. Get in your power position. Lord, you're worthy. I don't understand everything that's going on, but I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you. I don't understand what's going on with my son, my daughter. I don't understand what's going on with my spouse, but I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you. She said, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. You need to have the right attitude. Slap your neighbor and say, get the right attitude. Slap the one that needs it. Come on, say, get the right attitude. Look down your road and wink at the person that says that needs a better attitude. Come on. But we need to be, we need this taught. Because I don't want our children to grow up. And next thing you know, they become the head of the church. That generation becomes the leaders of the church. And they're so led by their emotions. 
that they just allow every, every crazy idea, thought, scheme to come into the church and say it's okay. Because we never want to offend anybody. Because we never want to say that that's not the word. See, that's what's happened. We, as pastors for so long, never wanted to offend anybody. But the gospel is offensive. And to have a conversion, it's offensive when you meet the king of glory. It's bloody grace. It paid, Jesus paid a price. He paid a price for you. He paid the ultimate price. I, every time someone comes with some wacky idea that they think is God, I think and I look at Jesus in my mind covered in blood. And they're saying, this is okay for this to be done in the church. No, it's not. That's not what his word says. And he didn't pay the price for that. He paid the price so that we could have life and life more abundantly. He paid the price so I could spend eternity with him in paradise. Not so that you could do what you want to do and Jesus could cash your check. Come on, somebody. There's, there's so many disgusting things out there right now that are being let into the church and no one say anything about it. I watched mega church pastor after mega church pastor not celebrate Roe v. Wade whatsoever. And that bothered me. Because that was 50 years of prayer. And that was God doing a miracle that only he could do. And we will always celebrate something like that. I even watched mega pastors, mega churches come against the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And I, I, it's because we just allow every thought and emotion, we cater to it. And instead of saying, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie from the devil. You, that's not, that's not going to bless your life. And we need to stand up for righteousness because that's how lives are changed. See, we're not here to draw a crowd. We're here to follow a cloud. I'm not here to create a crowd. I want to follow the cloud. When we follow the cloud, we follow the presence of God, lives are changed in the presence of God. People go from destruction to glory in the presence of God. Man, I'm grateful that someone preached the gospel to me. The unadulterated gospel, not this feel-good gospel. That your feelings and all this is going to be... No, no. Don't be led by your feelings. Be led by the word. We let so much feelings govern everything. Everything. She had a great attitude. Say attitude. Say right now, say God. Say with authority. Say God. Give me a great attitude. God. Give me a great attitude. Come on. That's what we need. And... Matthew 15, verse 26 and 27, it reads like this. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Let's just go back for a second. Now, if Pastor Nally called you a little dog, you would leave the church. 
Can I get a loud amen? If any of our pastors called you a dog, you would leave the church. You would be packing your stuff and saying, that church is crazy. They just called me a dog. Jesus calls her a dog, a little dog. But because she was just in the presence of Jesus, worshiping Jesus, she was in worship. She was in that glory. She had the right attitude. The right attitude always gives you the right thoughts. See, when you have the right attitude, you have right thoughts. When you have a bad attitude, you get bad thoughts. Let me say it again. Bad attitude produces bad thoughts, which produce bad results for your life. A good attitude, a godly attitude, presents great thoughts, which produce great results for your life. So she was able to have this great thought in verse 27. Jesus insults her, and then she says, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She took something and said, you know what? I was worshiping you, Jesus, and now you said this, but let me tell you, you're right. Mm. Oh. So Jesus said something that offended her it had to offend her but because she was in the right she had the right attitude she was in the right frame of mind she was able to say you're right but i know this to be true as well see when god corrects you most of the time you get mad at god instead of saying god you're right you're right you're right see when god chastises you when he corrects you see the bible says he chastises those he he chastises those he he chastises those he so he loves you enough to say this is wrong but most people when god says something's wrong they get mad they take their ball and they go home. Come on, somebody. They don't get their way, so they act like a baby. And they act like an immature, whiny. Blah, blah, blah. I'm taking my ball. Pastor Bill corrected me. I'm taking my ball. Pastor Rob was mean to me. He told me I could only have one wife. What a jerk. <laughs> I've had two or three wives my whole life, and now he wants to be like this. Really? See, God chastises. He corrects those he loves. And when you say, yes, God, you're right, there's a blessing behind it. There's favor behind it. There's a breakthrough behind it. And she had this great thought. She says, you know what, God? You are right. You are right. But even those little dogs eat the crumbs 
that fall from the master's table. And this is what's amazing. This great thought turned into a great promise. In verse 28, then Jesus answered and said to her, a woman, great, say it with me, great is your faith, great is your faith, let it be to you as you desire, you missed it. Let it be to you as you, let it be to you as you desire. He's saying whatever you want, whatever you want, you got it. How you handled this whole thing, the way you went through it, whatever you want, you got it. Your attitude, your thought process, everything you did, whatever you want, you got it. Whatever you want, you got it. Imagine the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords saying to you, whatever you want, you got it. Whatever you want, let it be to you as you desire. A lot of times we talk about God will give you your heart's desire. I believe God does that. But I also believe here today it takes great faith. And to get what your heart desires, you have to handle things right. You have to walk through it the right way. You have to realize you have to be able to take correction. I just want it my way. I've had it my way forever. So many people say that. I want to do this thing my way. I don't know why the church has to be so strong with things. Because God's strong with things. God cares about babies. Well, I know people that are transgender and, you know, I know people that are non-binary. I know people that their pronouns are they and them. And don't you love them? Absolutely. Absolutely. We love everybody. But sin is sin. God created male and female. Period. That's the word. See, we need a voice crying out in the wilderness. We need voices that are willing to say, I want to see you have your heart's desire. Whatever you want, 
I want to see you walk in that. But you got to get some things right in the process to walk in. Because if you walk away when the first trial happens, you're not going to get it. If you don't have the right attitude of worship, if you're just going to complain and cry and grumble and and be miserable, you're going to miss it. Because your eyes have to be fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith, who is Jesus Christ. See, I'm here to tell you, I, I want you to have what your heart desires. I want you to have whatever you want that's in your heart. But what God's saying is, can you walk this out? Can, can, can you say, even when I, I'm not hearing you, God, I'm going to trust in you. Even when you don't speak a word to me, I'm going to trust in you. Even when I don't hear your voice and people are trying to get rid of me, I'm going to have the right attitude. I'm going to have the right attitude of worship. I'm going to worship you in spirit and in truth. I'm not going to just complain and grumble and cry. I'm not just going to be a spiritual baby that never grows up because I don't have the meat of the word in my life. You can't just live off of milk all the time. See, God will give you the heart's desire, but I know this to be a fact. You got to be able to persevere. You got to be able to fight the good fight of faith. You got to get your mind in the right state of mind. You got to be able to be led not by your emotions, but by the word. Because when you're led by the word, you realize, God, what I'm looking to see, I got someone in my family that needs saved. I got someone in my family that is demon possessed and they need victory. You are the one that is standing in the gap for your family. You're standing in the gap for your loved ones. This week, you need to invite everyone in your family, everyone in your neighborhood. We will provide vans if need be. You say, I'm bringing more people. We'll bring the church van and pick you up. I'll send AJ to pick you up. He's a good driver, I promise. AJ, are you a good driver? You say, well, I live, I live in uh, Arizona. We'll pick you up. Come on, somebody. You might just get to church four hours early, but that's all right. See, everybody wants what they want, but they don't want to change to get what they want. I want to say the same, but I want what I want. I want to keep using drugs. I want to keep doing this. I want to keep, I want what I want, but I don't want to change. This woman had great faith and she had great faith because every challenge, every obstacle, everything that didn't go her way, she stayed focused. And I think in this hour, as a church, we're staying focused. I know we'll probably lose people because our stance is so strong. And that's okay. The truth is the truth. I would hate to go to heaven and God say to me, you didn't preach the truth. 
I would hate to end up in heaven. And the Lord says, you preached a watered-down version of what I did on the cross. This gospel message is bloody. This gospel message is not pretty. This gospel message, it can hurt. It convicts. This gospel message, oh man. The gospel is offensive. You tell me I can't do what I want. I can't live how I want. I can't just be me. I can't be me. We live in a world where everybody celebrates. Let's just be me. I don't want to be me. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't want to be like me. I want to be like Him. He's worthy of all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. I don't want to preach a watered-down message. I don't want to preach a powerless Pentecost. I don't want to say there's an army when it's just dry bones in the valley. I want God to do something that's from the throne room of heaven that only God could do. I want to see the sick healed, the lame walk, the dead raised. People go from darkness to light because he is able. But you can't preach some powerless Pentecost. You can't preach some watered down Christianity. Well, I'm new. If you're new, God loves you. But he wants you to change. He wants a conversion. He doesn't want you to make a decision. He wants a conversion. I'm willing to give God some of me. He wants all of you. He wants all of you. It's amazing. When you get to the place where God says, whatever you want, you got There's an acknowledgement from the throne room of heaven, from angels on high, that this person has great faith. And when you have great faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when you keep putting, reading that word, hearing that word, and God says, whatever you want, you got it. I say, God, I want to see souls saved. I want to see people healed. I want to see people delivered. I want to see people break out of bondage. I want to see our young people full of a fresh fire that only comes from God. Come on, stand your feet across this place. Hallelujah. so excited for when the woman's center, the woman's clinic will open up. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap for that. I believe that as we save lives, I believe there's going to be preachers. I believe some of those babies that are saved are going to preach the gospel. 
I believe that some of those babies are going to be world changers, nation shakers. I believe as we save baby after baby, I believe there's going to be a great purpose. I believe there's a great purpose in your life. And I have a word for you. God will say to you, whatever you want, you got it. But I want you to know, you have to keep your eyes fixed on him. You have to keep digesting that word. You have to get your attitude right. Whatever you want, you got it. So everyone lift your hands. I'm not going to pray for your heart's desire today. I'm going to pray in preparation that when you receive your heart's desire, you'll be ready for it. I pray right now for an attitude change. I come against every lie of the devil. I come against every scheme of the enemy. I come against your emotions. I come against your flesh. And I come against those feelings that are betraying you. And I declare the word of God will govern your life from now on. I declare the word of God will lead you and guide you every step of the way. I declare the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will make a way. His word will be a lamp unto your feet. I declare that. I declare that right thoughts are going to be entering your brain. Where you had a season of bad thoughts, I declare godly thoughts. I declare godly thoughts. I declare not a woe is me. I declare a power to come over your life greater than ever before. I declare supernatural grace to enter your life right now. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. I was preaching in Texas, and uh, as the worship team comes back, there was a woman that came up to the altar. I forget what service. And she kept saying, Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus. It bothered me. because she was begging we are not beggars please Jesus I went over to her and I said change what you're saying you're going to see a greater breakthrough in your life and I said all you have to do is take the please and say thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank 
you, Jesus. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You paid the price on Calvary. Thank you, Jesus. You shed your blood for me. Thank you, Jesus. You were put in a tomb, but three days later, death, hell, and the grave couldn't contain you. Thank you, Jesus. We don't got to say please. We say thank you. We say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Every hand lifted, say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. By your stripes, I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. You made a way where there seems to be no way. Thank you, Jesus. You have all power and authority. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's amazing. I could see that woman after I told her that and prayed for him. Her whole face shifted. Her countenance changed. Because there's something about when you learn to thank him, even before he does it. See, see, there's a, there's an expectation. An expectation. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm thanking you ahead of time. I'm thanking you that that person's healed already. I'm thanking you for the good report from the doctor. I'm thanking you that my son and daughter are coming home to Jesus. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. I'm no longer gonna say please, I'm gonna say thank you. Thank you for bringing that prodigal son and daughter home. Thank you for healing my body. Thank you for breaking every chain. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for everyone here today going to surrender their life to Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need right now to surrender your life to Jesus, have a conversion from darkness to light, destruction to glory. Lift your hand now. Say, that's me. I see those hands. I see it. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. I see it. I see it. I see it in the upper deck. Everyone say this when we say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and live. I surrender. I repent. I give you everything. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, say thank you, Jesus. Come on, say it with some attitude. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This week we're going to see people heal. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to see people delivered. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to see the power of God manifested. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the lives, the babies that are going to be saved. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give them one more shout of praise. Come on.
woman positioned herself. Ushers, you can come. This woman positioned herself. A power position in worship. And we have that opportunity right now. We have that opportunity to position ourselves as we give, as we sow, as we return the tithe, that holy, sanctified 10%. She positioned herself because she wasn't willing to settle for just the crumbs from the master's table. And so this morning as we give, as we return our tithe, as we give an offering above that holy, sanctified 10%, we're positioning ourselves to receive, to transition from lack into abundance. We're positioning ourselves to receive from the master's table because he went before us. He goes before you and prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Say, I have a seat at the table. You don't have to be on the floor begging for crumbs. You have a seat at the table. In fact, you're positioned in heavenly places. You're seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ, the one who died for you on that cross. You're positioned and seated in heavenly places. You have access to everything you need. But to maintain that access, in the realm of abundance and provision, of health and security, of royalty and covering, of access to everything we need to live in that realm, to live in that place, seated at that table. We have to live a life of radical obedience, of radical faith, of radical giving, a life of action. When the man with the withered hand stretched out that hand, it was action. When the woman with the issue of blood reached and crawled until she laid hold of that hem, it was action. And when the sower sows seed in the field, it's action. And that is how he reaps a harvest. That is how she reaps a harvest. When we return the tithe and give the offering, we return the tithe because it's already his. And we give an offering above it as an act of faith and obedience. And so we're going to live in that realm of glorious covering and provision this morning. We have an opportunity right now to activate our faith and to position ourselves. Would you do that with me? Giving instructions are on the screen. You can stay faithful with your tithe. And you can give above and beyond that here this morning. So lift your hands towards heaven. Every giver. Every giver. And I just want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit right now. If you've been here for any amount of time or you've heard me speak, I, in fear and trembling, bring words like this very rarely. But I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit right now. And there are a few people under the sound of my voice. And you're believing for a miracle either in your business or in your family. You're believing for a miracle in your finances and there is a significant seed that you're going to sow today and it's going to open up the windows of heaven on your behalf. You're not going to be settling for crumbs anymore. You're not going to be living in areas of need. You're going to sow a seed here this morning. There's a handful of people under the sound of my voice. It's not about the amount. It's about the significance it is to you. The faith it takes for you to 
show it. And it's the obedience of that action that will bring the miracle, that will bring the breakthrough. Whether it's in your business or your finances, you have a need and you're going to sow a significant seed here this morning and you're going to see the breakthrough you've been waiting for. You're going to see the windows of heaven open on your behalf. You're going to see that door that's been shut swing wide open on your behalf. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, confirm this word. Speak to those hearts. Confirm exactly what you just spoke to me, Lord, and bring forth the harvest in their lives. Now, every tither, every giver, Lord, I thank you for the obedience and the action under the sound of my voice. I thank you for a people that desire to live a life of obedience and faithfulness to your word. So bless your as we give here this morning, open the windows of heaven. Pour out blessings so much that we can't even contain it. And we can continue building this kingdom for you in Jesus' name. Ushers, you can receive the tithe. Are you grateful here this morning? Say, no more crumbs. No more crumbs. Well, I want to welcome you if you're a first-time guest. Thank you so much for visiting with us this morning. Come back and see us soon. We'll have prayer here at the end of service. But we also have our Valor Interest meeting today in the lower classroom. Please, if you want the gifts on the inside of you activated by the Holy Spirit of God, you have to go to this meeting. You have to even consider attending Valor Christian College. It doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter if you have any finances to even put towards this yet, if there is an inkling on the inside of you that you want to be used of God more than you are right now, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you. Join us in the lower classroom this morning and get some information. You heard Pastor tell us all about the outpouring this week. Don't miss any service. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be phenomenal. Lift your hands towards heaven. I speak a blessing right now over your people, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that this is just the start of what you're going to do this week in our lives. I pray that the Holy Ghost blow through our lives and our families right now. I thank you that we bring with us this touch from heaven we've experienced today. I thank you that this word has been deposited deep within us. And we go in faith and we go in the glory of God to change our families, our marriages, our homes, our children. In Jesus' name. God bless you, church. Our altars are open, and we have pastors that would love to pray with you here this morning.